Fire Zone Show, Fire Zone Show back. Week one in the NFL is nearly upon us. We are recording this on Wednesday. I think the Chiefs and the Lions kick it off tomorrow, Thursday night. And then, of course, the weekend, you know, the rest of the teams will play, including the Ravens, home opener against the Texans. Uh, home opener is always a good time, fun time. So, of course, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Got to talk about the 53-man roster because we haven't done a pod since the 53-man <laughs> was set and some of the moves that they made, you know, around that. And, uh, you know, whatever else comes to mind, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chop all of that up. But first, as always, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Denar Melton, the Fire Zone Show. What's up, man? How you been? I've been pretty good, sir. Been pretty good. It's been too, too daggone hot the yeah. last three days. It, it, it's 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 no thank you i i planned on going for a walk today i took two steps out it was like clouds <laughs> I'm, I'm good i'm good i didn't i didn't need it i'd like to say that san antonio prepared me for this because we were there was never below 105 but it's still hot like you know it's you can say hot. you can go somewhere and be like oh it, it was hotter there than it is here hot is just hot you know and it's it's like you're just tired of it you're just yes. done but relief is supposed to be coming this weekend. It's supposed to dip back into the 80s, lower, low, mid 80s. So, you know, that should be nice. Game should be real nice, actually. I didn't think yeah. there might be a chance for some rain. But if, if the rain stays away, temperature should be real nice out there at the game. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to a little bit of breaking the weather. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I am very much looking for a break <laughs> in the weather right now with what we got going on at the house. So trust me. Um but yeah, man, let's let's get into this fifty-three without any further ado, because uh, we had not talked since before that. Um, I want to say last time we did a pod was it before preseason games or during one of the preseason games? I don't. Even know. I, th- I think we did it after the s- second one, maybe after the commies, maybe after the, the yeah streak. yeah streak was, <laughs> streak was broken. Yes. Um, so yeah, so they you know set the fifty-three. Um, I think we'll just. You know, let's let's just open run this open gym. I ain't yes. gonna set no particular topics. Uh, what did you think about it? Was there any surprises for you with it, or anything that uh, stood out to you about you know the guys? We all know the main guys, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anything kind of on the fringes? Um, I'm I'm not surprised that Phillips I played Welsh mm. at last spot. Um. I personally thought they might try to bring him back, but I think with Ross coming back to the practice squad, they feel pretty confident um, in what they have in that room with Simpson and Phillips as as the backups and and Ross that can come in. So um, besides that, um, nothing really like stuck out to me defensively. Like I feel like who we thought was going to make the team, I will say – they did come in a little light on safeties, but I'm not surprised um, because the the backup quality just wasn't there. So I think that is 1A and 1B in the moves that I could see them making before the trade deadline. Like not a big move, but bringing in a solid individual who can play safety. You know, if you can get it for like a six-round pick or something, like a veteran who's, you know, last year on his deal, 
maybe playing for not the best team in the world, and they just trying to, you know, clean cap. Clear the decks a little bit. Yeah. I can see that. I should ask you, I mean, not that – I don't know that he did anything (laughs) where you'd be like, oh, I can't believe they cut him. But it's pretty unusual. It's it's atypical for them to cut a fifth-round pick. So Caillou Kelly, that's what I'm talking about, DB Mm -hmm. out of Stanford, who they end up cutting. They said they wanted to try to get him back on the practice squad. He got claimed off waivers by the Seahawks. Kind of makes sense when you think about it, when you look at the way he plays. Kind of an off-coverage guy. Mm -hmm. Not like overly fast or super twitchy or anything, but decent size. It kind of fits, you know, the way Pete Carroll, you know, kind of likes to do things up there. But I will say, I don't want to use the word surprise because, like I said, I don't know that the way that he played, you'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're letting that guy go. But just when you look at the other corners who played, I don't know that he was significantly worse than the other guys that played. No, but he was consistently a step late. Yeah. On break, coming out of breaks. Yeah. And the style they play when they're not in heavy zone rotations is they want to be up and in your grill. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he could handle it over, over the long haul. Like, I just don't think his style fit. I think he's a better fit probably out in Seattle because he can read it off ball. I think he can jump things. I think he can, he can play that way, but the Ravens don't want to be stuck with uh, corners that they would they would like a 50-50. Like you can play man, you can play zone. Like you're you're good at both. Like I don't want you to excel at man and kind of suck at zone. You're not gonna do us any favors anymore. So I, I think that might have played into it. Yeah, and they you know with Humphrey being out those first four games, they've kind of got more of an immediate need, right? Mm-hmm. We don't really have like developmental time. We need you to play like right now. Um, so guys like Rocky Sin, Ronald Darby, who they signed, we'll see about Justin Armour Davis. <laughs> I think he did play in that Tampa Bay, that last preseason game, but you can see he's still kind of working his way back from the little injuries that he's had. And then Pepe's out for four games. So, you know, you'll see, um, kind of how that shakes out. Um, you always have that kind of card in your back pocket, being able to play Hamilton and nickel. So that that's kind of that's kind of a bit of an advantage that you do have. If you need to get somebody in there at nickel, you got some guys you can kind of mix and match outside. But if you like, man, we really don't have a, a guy in there who's really just kind of stepping up and taking that role. You know he can do it and he can do it well. Then you got to backfill his spot, which probably means Geno Stone. But no, you know, no. <laughs> what what no. are your options at that point? It's it's probably Stevens. Or Stevens. I forgot. You're right. Because if he's not playing, you know why I didn't think about him? Because I, I figure he's playing outside. He's playing opposite whoever that other side is, you know, with Marlon out. It's, it's probably no. him and, and Justin or Darby on that other side. No, I think they're going to go in and probably go with, with Rock and, and Darby as the starting corners. Okay. See, if Darby's healthy, I'm with you. I just didn't know. I know he's he's recovered. He's been practicing. You know, he towards ACL last year, but he's been back. He's been cleared, all of that. But just – you know, he's still learning, right? He got here what two weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> so he's it's what 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 works in their favor, once again, it's not a it's not a week to week defense. It's a yeah, 
very easily picked up system that you don't have to, you know, tell guys the 18 different checks on a wide receiver screen. Like what, what are we doing? I'm sorry. I have flashbacks. Yeah. Hey, no, it is something that Mike McDonald has said himself. Uh, I think I shared it with you. He gave a clinic talk over the summer and that's exactly what he said. He was like, it was about five years ago. They were sitting in a defensive meeting room. It was all season. And, you know, they're looking back at what they did in the previous year and think about what they want to do going forward. And he said what you have been saying over and over and over again. He was like, it was basically like we had to reteach the defense every week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, if we wanted to move a line, we had to change all these different words. And this now means that and that means this. And we didn't want that anymore. You know, he said it was like it may not have been they, you know, but you're going to give the head coach credit. But he said. Harbs had a vision, right? He gave us a vision. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you, of course, you of course you're gonna give your head coach credit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <Basically>. I think <laughs> I think those guys are pretty smart in the defensive meeting room. I don't think they necessarily needed the head coach to give them a vision on, hey, we're doing too much. Okay, like we're we're just doing too much up here. We need to. When you, and you and I have talked about this before. When you've got Ray, when you've got Ed, when you've got Sizzle, you got Haloti, okay, you can probably do a lot of that. And they know what all of that means. They understand all of that, and they can do it. But when you lose guys like that, you know, something's got to change. It, it, it almost sounds like it to me that – Someone didn't want to lose Wink hmm. and kind of gave him autonomy to the defense. Like, I, I think somebody above somebody else's pay grade said, hold up, this is what we are, you know, this. And then I would say that same year when they took Bowser, that was the beginning of the shift. Because hmm. then you can see the type of players they were drafting, and then you can see the type of players that they were signing in, in free agency. Like, they were always filling a role on the defense. It was normally defensive end. It was that, that very hard position that Clay Campbell plays very well. Um, Trevor Price. Pernell McPhee. They're still Those looking for it. Players that saw that this year. That hammer roll. <laughs> They're still looking for it. Right. It's nine clowny. They still well, looking for it. You, you've moved away from that defense because you couldn't find that type of player anymore yeah. who could handle the run by himself and not need to get help from the outside linebacker. So you can't find that player, and then you're struggling to find outside linebacker type rushers. You had to you had to decide. You just started drafting lighter type D linemen, like Bada BK. Even Travis Jones is not what they normally would draft before. Um I mean, the difference is on the line. It's you you got a Michael Pierce who's a throwback to the past in yeah. the past, and you got Brandon Washington and and Travis Jones. 
two different type players. Yeah, and especially Matter BK, like you said, he's he's very different than when you think about when they had Brandon Williams and Mike Pierce both inside, right? right. You basically got two nose tackles. You got one of them playing three technique, whereas Matter BK is kind of more like the traditional. I mean, he's probably two ninety, right? Two eighty. Like that John Randall tackle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that under tackle in a four three type, old school, you know, mm-hmm. four three type. Um, so yeah, I and it just it just made sense. Like, like I said, there's smart guys in that room. People had to just be looking at it and just like, this is just too much, man. And we're having to do so much teaching every week, every game, just to change like one thing. We gotta reteach all of this stuff just to make one change. But now, yeah. you know, it seems like it's way more simplified. We I we talked about that clip during the preseason where they were interviewing Oway on the sideline, and he was talking about that. We heard it last year when McDonald was first coming in, how they had simplified stuff. Adape was like, we've simplified it even more, even from what it was last year. Right. So, you know, I, I think they're trying to get to the, the point where it's about as streamlined as it can be, but you're still carrying the stuff you need to carry. But the communication is streamlined. And you don't have to do a ton of reteaching. You know, it's stuff that people can pick up pretty fast. And so to your point about Darby, that's kind of circling all this back. He probably can come in and and pick this up and get out there and give you some snaps. Which, I mean, we saw we remember when JP when they signed JPP, JPP came out and he played like almost hundred percent of the snaps the first game that he came in. So two things. One that conversation we just had just stirred me to the, to realize how moronic it was to draft Timmy Jernigan. Like, no, <laughs> just did no. Anyway, um, the other side of that, we you know, when you have players and a system that's in place, and it, it just makes life easier for everyone. And we had like an, and I, when I played at JMU, when I, my first year, maybe even into the second year, like they, they controlled like our coverage calls from the sideline. So I would get a call like, Oh, you know, over, you know, 28. So we can only play two different coverages. Yeah. So then I think, Midway through our second year, we just we simplified it even further. We basically said zone auto, and literally what formation come came out, secondary just called the coverage. Hmm. So everybody knew what the coverage was. Like was like fuck it, <laughs> yeah. Just keep it simple, man. Keep it simple. Like you know it's coming, but guess what? We're just better than you. <laughs> yeah. And you we see that all the time throughout football, whether it's college, whether it's the NFL. I mean, yeah, there are times when somebody is doing something that's a little bit unique and it's like, oh, you know, it takes people a while to figure it out. But for the most part, the really, really good defenses that are consistently good, it's not like real complicated what they're doing. Like everybody knows pretty much what they do, but that's part of why it's so successful is because everybody knows, including the players who play in it, (laughs) since they know it better than anybody. And so they can just go out and play fast. There's not a whole lot of things. It's just like that clip I showed you about Trenton Simpson earlier when he was a rookie, uh, freshman at Clemson. They just turned him loose, man. Just run and go make plays. We're not going to have you out here thinking about this and thinking about that. Just run and go make plays. So, uh, you know, and that, that's kind of – it's interesting too because that's kind of been the thing 
with D'Amico, right? You look at his defenses out there in San Francisco, you know, he's kind of off of that Seattle tree, you know, because he worked under Sala and all those different guys. They're super basic in their coverages. There ain't a whole lot of complexity going on back there, but they get the guys that fit what they want to do and they play fast and they, they just ball. (laughs) I mean, they keep it, they keep it that simple. When you are so good at zone defense, it just looks like the holes are twice as small as they should be because guys just know how to play with each other. Yep. They know what a route will do. They know what a crosser will do. They know the guy, what he's going to do next to you. That's why Seattle was so good. That's why those defenses out in Chicago with Lovely Smith was so good. I can walk into a meeting, and if my coach didn't tell me what the game plan for the week, I could walk in the huddle on Saturday and have a pretty good idea of what we're going to call. Yeah. Like we, we may tweak how we cover the, you know, the flare right floor, the flare route on a blitz check. Yeah. Like who might do it if we might just, you know, feather it or go straight at it or let the linebacker take it higher than my D, but that's like simple stuff. Other than that, like, I could walk into a game and, and call it and do halfway decent. Yeah, and that's stuff that's like maybe specific to a, a certain opponent. Right. You hear players talk about that. If they miss time or whatever and then they got to come in and play in the game, somebody will just tell them. They're like, hey, here, go, go over. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. you got that. And what do I got? They'll be asking you, what, what do I got? What do I have? What do I got on this? Yeah. You, uh, over there. That. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, you, and you figure it out and we play. So – I think we saw we get we got a pretty good look last year at what they're what they're really trying to do, what they want to be on defense, and then uh, obviously once Roquan came in, that took it to another level. So you know he's back. Him and PQ, you know they ought to be very good in the middle. Again, um, those guys up front. Ooh, some of the names you already mentioned. Um, you know they've kind of had complementary roles up to this point because of. Calais being here because of Justin Houston, but now it's time for them to take that lead role, you know, in terms of how much they're going to play. Um, I guess one other guy I should mention, I keep thinking like, oh, no, there's really nobody else I want to talk about. And then the name does pop up. Um, again, I don't think it was a surprise because I think he actually played his way onto the roster, but Malik Ham, it's not a surprise, but anytime undrafted guys make it, you know, it's kind of a story, even though they got a history of undrafted guys, particularly mm-hmm. on defense, particularly at linebacker. Um, making the team, but uh, I think it was either the first game. It probably was the first game. And you say, hey, this is probably the designated pass rusher. <laughs> this is probably the guy right here. And uh, sure enough, he actually makes the roster. Now he's, you know, on IR for the first four games because he got dinged up uh, in that commander's game. But uh, he did enough, you know, to show them that he earned a spot on this team. He's the purest pass rusher on the squad. Like he has, he has moves and he has counter moves. He <laughs> understands it 110%. You can tell he, that's what he did in college. I'm not sure where he went. He was Lafayette. Maybe. Yeah. I have to look him up. But that's, Lafayette. it goes back to, I mean, I'm going to run this back. It was, I was watching, I was watching TikToks and 
Deion Sanders came on there and they were talking about, they were talking, they were watching practice, right? And one of the observers said, do you see a difference? And the other guy, he's sitting next to you, he's like, no, it's just a regular college practice. He's like, no, they're actually teaching at this practice. They're always teaching. And that's goes back to the, you know, yeah. the other side of it is that you're just, if you teach it, if you exorb it as the player, but if you have the right coaching and not just wins, getting wins all the time, he's, he's, he may not have to be body pro ready. Yeah. But his skill set is pro ready. It's pro ready. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. You could see it. You yeah. can see it in the preseason games. You can see it in the joint practice clips, you know, any of the rushes, one-on-one clips. And I, I know one-on-ones. I, I, I get it. But you could just tell that guy knows how to rush. <laughs> you know, so. He's got a game plan. Yeah. He's been taught how to have a game plan yeah. and effectively use it. Yeah. And it and some of the stuff that he was doing, I was like, this is like stuff that you see more veteran players doing. He had that one where he'll like stand up. Like he'll come off the ball and he'll just stand up. Like it's straight mm-hmm. up. And they give you a little shimmy because he when you stand up, he's when when he stands up, you stand up. And then he just bulls you in the chest. <laughs> it's, it's that it's that Joey Bosa, it's the Bosa brothers. They do that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, nobody teaches that. Nobody tells you to come off the ball and stand straight up like that. Nobody, nobody. He does he does a fantastic job with his hips. He gets his hips parallel to the offensive tackles, like like that. And he's able just like the, the Bosa guys, now I got to tackle faced up. Now I am at the advantage. I'm not just trying to get leverage on the edge or trying to get back. No, I got you faced up. Now I can basketball you. Now I can give you any move I want. I can fake outside, spin back inside. I can jab inside, cross face, come to the outside, or I can just straight swim, swim you. Or, like you just said, I can put two hands, put it right in your chest, and just walk you square back. Yeah, you get to that three-way go. (laughs) Or you can go in, out, or through. Yes. (laughs) You got all of that available to you. And it's similar to what you hear with with DBs and wide receivers, right? You talk about getting to that hip, getting even. If I'm even, I'm leaving. If I get to that hip, that's it. (laughs) I got you. around you or through you. (laughs) I got you. I don't care. I don't care how fast you are. I got you. You can see that in the games that he, you know, looked, you know, like a polished guy coming in. One guy uh, that I want to get your opinion on that to me, I don't know what happened. I know he got dinged up a little bit in camp, but there looked like there was something else going on with Ajabo. Something wasn't right. Oh, he was just thinking too much. Or like I said, he was dealing with something and was just trying to play through it. Someone because he was dropping his head on rushes, and I was like, "That's not. I've not seen him do that." No, before. it's, a, it's a, eyes. Yeah, it's a it's a crisis of conscience. Hmm. He is now overthinking everything, so that makes you slow. Yeah, slow off the ball. That's why he looks slow off the ball. Now he hasn't had a camp in a full year, so maybe a little bit of camp legs is kicking in as well. Um which is probably why they sat him down for three or four days. He just, his legs were blown. Yeah. And then, you know, dead legs. It happens. It happens in soccer all the time. Guys are just, 
I can keep running, but it's just I'm slow. <laughs> yeah. So see how fresh he comes out after having probably a solid three weeks off. Let his legs get back under his and see if he can clear his mind and understand that now going forward, this is when you make your mark. This is how you roll. That's your standard. It's you a know? good point. It's a good reminder because it's easy to forget that he basically didn't play last year. I mean, you think yeah. about those handful of snaps in the Cincy game, but that that's it, you know, basically. And then you come in to this year, and like you said, this is your first full – basically your rookie year. This is essentially your rookie year coming in, right, your first full camp. And you're playing all these plays in practice. You're playing all these plays in the game. You've not had this on your legs in two years since you were back oh. at Michigan. You know, so yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Not, I'm not worried. No, I'm they not, did this on. They did it on purpose. They had to blow him out to see where he was. At, you know, physically, they understood the rest. They understood that he might look, you know, slow. He he may have a little bit of you know confidence not making plays, but they had to get his body back in the football shape. Because they're going to ask a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, they don't need him going down after game two and now always got to play three different positions again. Nobody wants that. Yeah, this is, <laughs> you know, I'm always making these crazy analogies. But when you said that, it made me think about there's this show on Paramount Plus right now. It's called uh, Lioness. So it's got Zoe Saldano in it. So but long story short, she's like in the CIA. And she's running this group of like female operatives, right? Mm-hmm. Going over into the Middle East. So they put them in different situations where they get close to like these male terrorists or whatever. And that's kind of how they get to these guys, right? Through the female operatives, where she gets this new lady, new recruit. Don't, don't, don't gloss over the fact that you're watching a bunch of women trap a man in a room. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> let me let me make the analogy. Let me make the analogy, right? Okay. So she get the new recruit in, this new lady, right? Came She came through the Marine Corps, but they're going to recruit her into this unit in CIA. And one thing uh, Zoe Zaldano's character says, hey, I got to know what your breaking point is. Right. Like, if you're in there and your cover gets blown, they're going to torture you. And I need to know how far you can go before you're going to talk, right? So what she does is she has one of her other teams kidnap this lady and torture her. <laughs> like These are people that are all on the same team, hypothetically. But they're like waterboarding her, they're punching her in the stomach, you know, they're hitting her with stuff. There's, you know, electricity, they're doing all of this crazy stuff. And she yeah. doesn't know. She's thinking, all right, man, they, they found me out. You know, it's the, it's the other side. You know, they got me and they go torture me. But she finds out at the end it was Zoe saying she she's like, that's fucked up. Why, why, why would you do that to me? She's like, I got to know where your breaking point I is. I got to know. Because if you're going to say something that's going to blow not just your cover, but this whole operation, we got a whole bunch of other women working and doing whatever, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. And she don't have a problem sending a missile strike in on you. She did right? one other girl. She's like, look, just, just go ahead and blow that whole thing up. So right? I'm thinking about a job, but they got to know. Well, his breaking point was exactly. <laughs> to know where are you gonna break. <laughs> anyway, yes, you made a good point. That is a bigger thing that's going on in the show. We'll save that for another. <laughs> that's 
discuss that topic yeah. another time. Hey, anyway, we all have show. our own own ways of unwinding in the evening. It's a and good yours show. Is women dropping missile strikes <laughs> on each other. <laughs> stumbled across it while we were in uh, San Antonio. <laughs> You know, vacation, just watching stuff. And I was like, oh, what's this? It's pretty good. You know, you start pretty watching good. something, you're like, oh, let me check out a couple episodes. Also watching Hijack with uh, Idris Elba. That's pretty good, too. But anyway, uh, that's that's a crazy one, too, because it's like on an airplane, right? He's on the airplane. The plane gets taken over. And he actually starts working with the hijackers. Like, you think people on the plane, they yes. start he starts trying to help them. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've seen bits and pieces. Yes, that's insane. Yeah, because he's just he trying to get off the plane. He's like, yeah. I don't care nothing about nobody else on this plane. I'm trying to get off the plane first. Like, I don't care. Yeah, and I and I think you know I'm early into it. I'm only like on the third episode. I think it's probably deeper than that. I mean, he probably really does care about the other people, and he knows no. if I do it this way, it's the best chance of everybody kind of surviving. But anyway, mm. as it's happening, and the other people on the plane see it, they're like, man, he done flip. He helping the uh, the hijackers, but. I'm sure he he got a plan. But anyway, yeah. enough of my TV viewing habits. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this Texan game, and then we could probably get up out of here. Um, rookie head coach, mm-hmm. rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. on the road for the Texans, yes. on the road, right? Mm-hmm. Coming to Baltimore. Um, they've got some talent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, C.J. Stroud was what, two? Number two overall mm-hmm. pick. They got Will Anderson, the rusher out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about some of their other guys. You talked about their secondary a little bit before we we started recording. Jalen Petrie, uh, Stingley, uh, Jimmy Ward's over there. You know, they got some guys in the secondary. But anyway, with all of that kind of newness, basically mm-hmm. new staff, new quarterback, what, what are your expectations uh, for this game? My worry is – Texans have a last year, they had a very good run game. Yeah, Pierce, that dude can roll. Yes. <laughs> One of the things you're going to struggle with early on in the season is your run defense. It's hot. Your stars are playing more reps. There's going to be some leakage. Now, How's defense respond? Now, now CJ can get a little more three-step drop, hitting the outs. And so there has to be a very concerted effort to stop the run. And if they do that, they'll control this football game. Because I, I don't I don't think they have enough weapons on the outside quite yet for CJ Stroud to make a lot of damage. But I think he can move that football team. Yeah, and I don't think they want to get in that situation where that's the only way they can move the ball. Right. Dropping back and him throwing it 50 times. <laughs> I don't think they want to get into that. Now, to your point about the run game and it being high and, you know, people, you know, kind of getting their first game of like a full snap load, you know, for some mm-hmm. of the starters on D, you're also facing that Shanahan system. So you're going to be running. Gonna be some wide zone. You're gonna be the poot, the boots. I mean, boots, <laughs> the boots, uh, the, the keepers. You know, you're gonna be facing all of that stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's. It's gonna be interesting to see the makeup of the game day roster 
particularly with the D-line. Will they carry Urban? Or will they carry the extra linebacker in Simpson? That makes you light up front. You're asking a little more of Pierce, a little more of Jones, a little more Washington. Now you just gave Washington a nice contract. You paid Pierce, and Travis Jones is a man child. So I, I understand the confidence, but that, like you said, a lot of stretch run with some some big fellows trying to lock down the backside. So. And if it's anything like coming off of that 49ers tree, which is where they came from, and I forget, I think their OC, I think his name is Slowick. He was like uh, Shanahan's QB coach last year on 49ers. So I expect him to run a lot of the same stuff. Uh, Kittle, 49ers tight end, he talked about it, and he's like, look, my job is actually really easy. He's like, cause, you know, people say, oh, you're this great blocker or whatever. And he's like, every now and then I get lucky and I get to, like, pancake somebody. But he's like, my job is really easy. My job is to stretch – those ends out to the numbers. He's like, if I if I get those guys running that far and a D, so the ends got to get out to the number, and then that DT's got to try to close that gap from where I've stretched that in. I've won. He's like, if I get that in out to the numbers, that's a win for me because he's like, most DTs in the league they can't cover that kind of ground, huh. right? So that guy might get out there and might actually set an edge on me. But if I've stretched you out that far, think about the gap that I've created now between him and that next interior defender. That's a huge gap. So he's like, that's really all I got to do, and I win. So that's why I don't have to tell you, but you you already know. They tell those guys on the edge, get vertical. Knock his ass back. Don't work, don't be running out there with him. <laughs> get vertical. Well, dancing with him out there. Yeah, get vertical and knock him back because that width is going to create some seams because you talked about it. You got guys like Pierce and Jones trying to run out there, and that's – I'm not saying they can't do it, but if you got to do that all day – yeah. It's gonna not fun. Tough. It's gonna be tough. It's not, it's not fun as a linebacker. <laughs> you, you kind of, I, I zone teams were the worst to play as a linebacker because all you're doing is smashing linemen all day long, just headlong, just because you got to plug a hole, got to plug a gap. Everybody holds their gap. Nothing's gonna happen. You either gonna have 15 tackles or two. <laughs> <laughs> Feast of famine. <laughs> You're going to hurt either way. Yeah. It's not going to be a fun day. Yeah. Well, we know a linebacker, they got some dudes who will run. The ones that, for, for all the stuff, I mean, we know who Roe is, but for all the stuff that we've said about PQ over the years, one thing he will do is run the people. <laughs> he will do that. Uh, so you ain't going to have to worry about that with him. But yeah, I think I totally agree with you. You control Damian Pierce in that run game because he he is a sledgehammer himself. He is yes. a hard running dude. If you can control that and you can make CJ have to just abandon all of that movement stuff and just get into some straight drop back stuff, then I think you kind of got him where you want him. Um, yeah, I think the addition of Clowney is a major part of this run defense coming together. Yeah, because you can't block him with a tight end. That's not – Especially with the way this defense allows a lineman to slant. Now, that's rumor, but rumor has it, that's the reason why Clowney never came here in mm -hmm. the first place when he's been a free agent. He's always wanted to come to Baltimore, but the defense didn't fit him. Mm -hmm. 
didn't allow him to be him. Yeah. And how many times have we said that about players that have come here? <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it a time or two before. But now he can be who he is. Who he is. <laughs> yeah. Which is go ahead and be that game record. Yeah. Go ahead and go dive it into the B gap. Yeah. Destroy everything in his path. And then you stand up and ask, did I make the tackle? No, but we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> you took and out you, four people. Yeah, you and you see that when you go back and watch any of his games from last year with the Browns against the run. Like, yeah, he can make the play himself, but he has such a good understanding of run fits and what you're trying to do defensively yeah. against the run. It, it's it's I'm not gonna put on the level of Sizzle, because Sizzle to me is like Hall of Fame level. But he has a high he has that high level understanding of the run game and what he's supposed to do and how, like you said, how hey, look, I can slam into this B gap and make this thing bounce or make it cut back. I'm not gonna make that tackle, but a linebacker is gonna make it, safety's gonna make it, end's gonna make whatever. Somebody somebody else is gonna make it um because of what I created. He has a really good understanding of that. And, and, and I think he knows be, when to do it, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and that's going to come. Him and Queen are going to have to be very good at communication. Yeah, don't lie to the man behind you, right? No, don't. Don't, don't lie to me. Lie to, boy, <laughs> I will set you up as a linebacker. <laughs> set you up next time. Yeah. You, you, you want to play? <laughs> I will not call the call that we practice all week. And you're going to figure out why we call it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Looking forward to seeing all the guys. Um, you know, because we this is what we've been waiting for. You know, Absolutely. we've had the preseason. We've had practices. Seen little glimpses of certain people. But uh, this is it. It's for real now. So, like we talked about before, that ball starts rolling after week one. And that's it. It don't stop uh, it until don't you stop. get – to the end of the season and uh early on this season i mean obviously you know got to keep the main thing the main thing and, and focus on the texans but the the week right after that you're into the division you got cincinnati <laughs> the very next game so you're in i think the steelers are the fourth game so i think they got two division games in like the first four games um you're so gonna, gonna find out a lot about yourself yeah, yeah, that's what that's what Harbs is. You go, <laughs> we go find out wow. what we dealing with pretty early on this season. Um, and if you can get those two, you uh, you you're, you're setting yourself up uh, to be in a pretty good position if you can start off with two division wins. So, and like I said, sure they're going to be done with the division by what, what week eleven, week twelve. I think so. Right. Unless they unless they do that weird thing like they did last year, where there's like a huge gap. Like, right, the Cincinnati game, the second one wasn't right. until the last game of the season. Uh, I know they're still doing that, where they're putting one or two of the division games for, like, your 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 you know second to last or your very last game, because they like to create that kind of drama, you know, at the end of the year. You're, you're playing for the division or something like that. So you'll probably see that. I don't have the schedule up in front of me, but I'm sure they probably got something like that going on. But um yeah, man. I think we've touched on everything we want to touch on for this episode. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. And it is Steelers' last game of the season. There you go. So, and you know, look, <clears throat> it's preseason, right? Last thing I'll say about that preseason, but the boys look pretty good. Kenny Pickett, particularly uh, on all this. Now, it's a preseason. So he got to show it in the regular season, too. But uh, 
you know, there's all the talk about Cincinnati. Uh, people are expecting Cleveland to be better if Deshaun <laughs> can be, you know, better than what he was last year. But, you know, I mean, people are starting to talk about Pittsburgh. Like, in the offseason, I didn't hear a lot of talk about Pittsburgh. Then I think during these preseason games, people are starting to kind of jump on them. But I felt like at the end of last year, I was like, man, this Pickett dude, he's starting to put some stuff together. And man. you gotta keep you gotta keep your eye on them. Yes, you do. I'm just I'm peeping the end of this this, this running the last eight games. <laughs> oh my goodness. Not looking good, huh? Well, okay. I mean, there's run-ins and then there's Browns, Bengals, Chargers. Rams, Jags, 49ers, Dolphins, Steelers. Like, Ooh. wait, what? That's brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. Wait, crazy. what? That's crazy. That's got to be one of the hardest schedules. Certainly that stretch oh. has got to be one of the harder ones in the league. That's crazy. I just, it's like bananas. That's crazy. Well, hey, it, they uh, they going to have to earn their way in. For sure. <laughs> wow. You're going to have to earn it for sure. You will be battle tested uh, by the time you get in, if you can get in. Uh, so, uh, hey, look, we appreciate you guys coming back for it's our third season. This might be the third. Yeah. Season. I think this is the third season of doing this. So, appreciate everybody for coming back, tapping in, rocking with us. It's, it's, it's going to be another fun ride, man. Another exciting year. Uh, defense is back. We'll be talking about it all season long. I'm and, excited uh, about this group. I'm very we'll keep, excited. We'll keep an eye on what they're doing over there on offense, too. They got some new stuff going on. So we'll, we'll, we'll peep that, too, a little bit. But, yeah, it's always going to be about defense here. Y'all know how we do. So, as usual, like, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. Till next time, we don't do no overtime. We are out of here.